Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. Tonight, we're talking about the key to relationship success. So in the breakout rooms, you were talking about where would you like to be in three years time on your relationship journey? Um, what would you like to change? What would um, you like to improve? What would you like to not do anymore? Um, does anyone have any thoughts, insights, or something that they'd like to share on that? Self? Uh, yes. Um, a lot of gurus, a lot of relationship gurus, um, have an opinion that in order to be um, to have a, a, a kind of stable, meaningful relationship, it's also important for you to be completely happy on your own. And that's it, in similar words to that. And once you're happy on your own, then the relationship will end up, is more, much more likely to be successful. Yeah. Um... Unfortunately, yeah, I, I, I'm so happy by myself. Sometimes I can't bear the other person in my life. So I don't think so it's really a good thing. <laughs> that is actually an issue because if you're happy single, you've got more of a risk in being in a relationship um, because it's like when something's working well, like if your life's working well, then bring someone, like changing something is always a risk. It might be better, but it might be worse. Um, so yeah, that can be can be an issue. I think if you're unhappy, you you drain from people around you, um, and particularly from someone else in the relationship. Um, so you can be unhappy for a while, but if you're not like a lot of people do get into a relationship because they're unhappy. So like people who are unhappy want to change something. Um, so one of the ways you can change something is um, get into a relationship and other ways they, people who are unhappy buy more stuff because the you feel like if you're buying this thing, um, it's, it's going to change your life. Um, so QVC um, get a lot of their sales from people who are depressed because they think, oh, this thing is going to magically change my life. And then you've got this mop or this exercise thing, um, and then you realise you don't actually use it and, and it's there cluttering up your house after a couple of weeks. And in the same way, people get into a relationship hoping that everything will change. But a year, three years later, they realise that it doesn't change you. Um, and all that happens is you've got someone else to blame for why you're not happy. And a lot of the reason why um, people aren't happy in a relationship is often themselves because they're not happy, but it's easy to look at someone around you and think that's the cause. So, yeah, I think that's, that's um, it's important because the only – a foundation of a relationship is the two individuals in it. And if one of them, their foundations is, is weak, then the relationship's going to crumble. It's going to put so much pressure on the other person to support the whole thing. Eventually they're going to um, fall down. 
but is it a myth that you need to be perfectly, uh, how can you say, mm. you know, whole? I know that we shouldn't depend on somebody else to make us happy, but is there a difference between I need somebody in my life to give me support and I will support them back? And there's a difference between need and neediness. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a myth that says, well, you need to sort yourself out completely before you're ready to go dating or to look for a relationship. And isn't the purpose of a relationship that you would support each other and help each other grow and, and, and you would inspire each other to be the better version, not to fix each other or be responsible, but just to inspire each other, in which case you don't have to wait until you're perfect because then you might be waiting forever. But you're on the journey as long as you have that self-awareness. Yeah. and you're doing the work, then, it, the, again, it's the difference between being needy and need. I need a partner. I need somebody to be working with me. Mm. Um, I think if we wait until we're perfectly whole and perfectly happy, um, then the human race will die out pretty soon. Um, because we... Um, I think we have to have an awareness of that there's a difference between aspiration and um, there's, a, there's a quote um, it's from an ancient Greek, I think it's Achilles, uh, and it's, we don't rise to the level of our expectation, we fall to the level of our training. Um, and so, yeah, I think if we, if we were waiting to be perfectly happy, then um we're never going to be perfectly happy um, because we're as soon as you, because happiness is a something that you habituate to. So if like, if you're here, if you say there's a scale of happiness um, and you're here and then you get to here, well, what happens is the scale changes um, and the things that used to piss you off used to be big things. Now they're going to be tiny little things, but they're still the, like you habituate, to whatever level that you're used to. So um, there's always there's always another horizon and it's one of those things that you are never going to be as whole, as happy as you would like to be. Um, so I think the, the journey to happiness and the journey to relationship um, are things that are constant. Um, and... So it's it's a bit like um, it's a bit like saying I'm not going to start a job until I'm perfect at interviews and um, CVs and and doing all those things. Again, you you only you only have to get a certain percentage, like the first twenty percent, like the the eighty twenty rule. The first twenty percent of what you do, of effort you make will get you eighty percent of the results. Um, so the thing, so the so the, there's nuance to everything. Um, and if what it's really about is if your unhappiness is, a, is at a level where you're going to drag the other person down and you can't, um, you can't manage your emotions and you can't, um, be in the relationship without being destructive to it, then you need to work on yourself. If, um, um, but otherwise it's about 
um, working on like what's the next thing. So the reason why I chose this topic was because relationships are overwhelming. It's everything. Everything is in relationship. Everything is in your happiness journey. Um, and so, so people will often say like, oh yeah, I've read the five love languages. I've read um, men are from Mars. Um, but that's not relationship. That's communication. So communication is one aspect of relationships. You've got conflict, you've got attachment, you've got um, like male, female dynamics. You've got, um, there's lots of different aspects. Um, but typically because it's not an area that we've really thought about, like if you go to the gym, um, you've probably got a, a plan or like, like the first time you go, they have a trainer or someone who, who tells you, okay, so there's, so you've got, um, flexibility, you've got cardio work, you've got strength work, um, you've got functional fitness. Um, so there's, there's different aspects in the same way in relationships, there's different aspects to it. Um, so it's a, it's a case of looking at what would make the biggest impact. Um, and so really, so just to, to frame this up, um, really it's about the relationship journey. People like to think that they're going to read a book or they're going to take a course and that's it. I've done relationships. I've, I've mastered it all. But the reality is this, um, there are always more challenges. There's certain things in life, um, being able to, usual skills and talents to make a living and survive or thrive is one journey that you're always going to have to do. And this is where people win the lottery and they think like, if I just win the lottery, that'll be all my problems solved. But then suddenly if you've got a million pounds, you've got all these people who want to borrow it from you. There's all these, um, what do you spend it on? Um, how do you, where do you put it so that you don't lose it? Um, so there's a different level of stress that comes in, but you still have to, there's still the game of money, the game of, um, survival is, is always there. Um, health is, is something else. Um, so money, health, um, and relationships are one of those journeys that there is always something because if you, once you think it's over, then what that means is you stop breathing energy into it and then the relationship dies and someone is going to get fed up and, and leave. Um, or the relationship will just die because it's really like a plant that it needs the constant um, energy and life. So, so when there's something like that, that's, it can seem overwhelming that there's so many things to, to focus on. What do you do? You can't do it in one go. You can't just go on a course and this is it, I've done. So um, in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about um, the English cycling team. Um, and up until, so they appointed Dave Brailsford in, nine, in 2002. And up until then, um, England had won one gold medal in cycling. They'd never won a Tour de France. And five years after his appointment, they won, what was it? There was the Olympics and they won 60% of the golds. Um, 
And from 2007 to 2017, they won for the first time. They won five. They'd never won a Tour de France. They won five in a row. They won 178 world titles and 66 Olympic or Paralympic golds. Um, and so that's that's an incredible feat from being a team that allegedly like bike manufacturers didn't want to supply them bikes because they felt it would be embarrassing. It would, it would reflect on their, on their brand badly. Um, and so how did, how did, how did he do it? And basically what he did, he had the idea of incremental improvement. If you can improve everything 1%. Um, and so there was stuff like the, they made the bike seats more comfortable they changed the massage gel to see to see what was more effective. They put alcohol on the tires. They um, changed the clothing from to indoor clothing, um, clothing that they found the fabric was better. They had a surgeon train them how to wash their hands so that they got less infections. They um, used biofeedback to find out what was the right training, the right nutrition. They changed the pillow, the ideal pillow, the ideal mattress. Um, even like the inside of their vans, they painted white so that they could see like specks of dust that they wouldn't have seen. Um, and all of this built up to the improvement that led to suddenly dominating the cycling in the cycling um, competitions. So really what we do every day is what determines our results and it's our habits. And um, so James Clear wrote Atomic Habits, which is really about that, that he trained or he he was taught by BJ Fogg, who was really the father of it. Um, and BJ Fogg has this thing called like tiny habits. And it's basically you take the smallest step that you can take. So, for example, how do we apply this to relationships? Well, if you're dating, um, that's really about... <laughs> How consistently am I sending messages? Um, the quality of the message, the how well you craft it according to the person, how well you kind of listen to people, how well you do on dates, how all of those kinds of things, how well you can connect. Um, so the philosophy of tiny habits is is basically a recipe, um, and it goes when I like when I sit down and have a coffee, I do this. Um, and then I'll do this to celebrate. And it's basically just a tiny little thing. Like instead of, um, so if it was dating, instead of saying I'm going to send five messages a, a day or whatever, I'm going to, um, when I sit down and have a coffee, I'm going to look at one person's profile. Or it's just one little step and you just do it kind of like that. So, so really, um, how this works is that if you do 1% better like every day for 365 days, that adds up to in a year that you've done 31.18% better. So that's a third better in a year. And that's how those little improvements add up to um, like big, big impacts. And so in, in a relationship, it's, how can I feel more connected? How can I deal better with conflict? How can I have better conversations? All of those um, aspects. Um, how does that apply? How do you think that would apply to your relationship journey and, and achieving your relationship goal?
thanks for the pandemic, everybody knows how they can wash their hand now. So it's good. We don't need to practice that anymore because we are really good. You can always get better. You can always get one <laughs> better. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not planning to making any surgery soon, so I think I will be fine. <laughs> but how could I know what should I change? Should I call all my exes and asking them, what do you think what was the, what went wrong or how? That'd be an interesting poll, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would. <laughs> Can you can you come back and share all the feedback? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, most of them they are Hungarian and I'm really bad with translation, you know. <laughs> oh, it's okay because we've got Janos. Janos will translate for us. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, okay, so I'm just going to share this screen and thank them. The credit for this diagram is to um, Sandra, who created this when we had the five-day sprint from my scroll. Um, okay, so really when we're looking at the quality of a relationship, it's about feeling seen, feeling safe, feeling supported, and feeling um, satisfied. So it's feeling like you matter, like you belong, like you're stronger with the person and feeling loved. So if we look at the dimensions there, it's really about, oh, let me just go back. It's really about um, feeling nurtured, feeling respected, feeling listened to and feeling connected. Any of those things, if you can make your partner feel a little bit more understood, feel them feel them heard, feeling them appreciated, help them feel a little bit more fulfilled, that's going to make a relationship better. Does that make sense? So for ourselves, it's can we make wiser choices on who we engage with and when? Can we develop the ability to have differences with minimal conflict? Can we be more present? to initiate and engage in conversations that enrich and deep, deepen the connection? Can we have more awareness and sensitivity? And can we develop our, or deepen our capacity to love, heal and grow? And in terms of um, creating a relationship climate, it's having a vulnerability, the integrity, presence and the kindness. So these are really the, the things um, that determine the quality of a relationship. So being better at those, like each, each of those aspects, and you can always be better. We can always have more integrity. We can always be more present. We can always be kinder. And we can always, um, I forget the other one. I always forget the other one, be more vulnerable. Um, so does that make sense? So obviously, if we were to map out where we all are on that, we'd all have a slightly different profile. Um, so it's what would be the smallest, easiest step that would make things better? Um, so that's quite a lot to think about. Um, all of those aspects is... Um, 
the idea of this is to make it break it down into smaller steps rather than feeling overwhelmed by everything. Because just to reiterate, um, relationships aren't like, this is it, we're in a relationship, it's all done. Um, But it's always about you either grow together or or it dies. Um, Sandra, I know you've got a word of wisdom to, to add. Actually, I'm more questioning than having any wisdom to impart. Um, I'm thinking we need to be careful that we don't get so caught up in looking at the elements that we need to improve. Because as you rightly said, we can become overwhelmed or we can feel as though we it's almost like doing an exam and you know we've got we've got to improve on this we've got to fix this we've got to do this how am i doing um i haven't mastered this one i'm a failure you know i'm not perfect for 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 a relationship but i think we need to keep in our minds that nobody's perfect nobody's expecting you to be perfect but i think it's a willingness showing a willingness to um, address deficiencies and a willingness to think about what it does for the relationship and and how um, your partner will react to you. Because I think, um, yes, it's one thing to think about yourself and how to improve yourself. But ultimately, within a relationship, it's the sum of all of the attributes that come together in the relationship and they need to work together and they need to be appreciated by both parties. Uh, It's not a competition in other words. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point because it's something that I didn't explicitly mention, but the, all of these, the, these like these diagrams and these ideas are to like show the potential, but, if you remember the 80-20, you only have to have 20% of it to have 80%. And for most people, that's more than enough. Um, the, the point of having these is not that you master them all, but that you have a map. So when, there, when there's a problem, you know, okay, there's a way of diagnosing, okay, what? Um, and what would fix this problem? Because I think every problem is really about there's an inherent conflict, right? We are biological animals, right? So we, we're built with instincts. We're built, we're, we're built. Um, and I know we like to think of ourselves as separate from all other animals, but we're just another species. Um, and we, um, so we're this biological animal, but we've created this artificial social world. And it's our problems are when there's a mismatch between our biology and our um, and our artificial like society world, and so if you look at all the intolerance, all the prejudice, like all the people who were homosexual and had to hide it for years, all the people who um, were second-class citizens because they were a different colour or because they had a different background or or because they were from a different class. All of that is artificial. None of that came from biology. It came from artificial circumstances. And so people bash themselves up 
for not being perfect because they don't fit into the mould that a school or whatever we're supposed to be. But we we can't. When there's a problem, the problem isn't in the biology. The problem is in the societal um, the mismatch. Because as we have to, in order to function, we have to have a story. We have to have this culture and this story of society. But when there's a problem, it's because it's, it's a mismatch. And that problem is the, the way that you solve the problem is by getting to the truth of what where the real conflict is and like patching up the bug in the operating system of, um, of the bug that's going to be more effective and tell a better story. Um, so, you, yeah, we don't need to be perfect at everything. We just need to know where we can go when there's a problem. Um, Veronique, you're me. Oh, I thought you. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I mean, in any relationships, uh, I would look at the gearing. I mean, the gearing of uh, the state of it at that moment, during it, beginning, whatever spot it is, is really how you 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 yourself is feeling inside because that will i mean we we we, we are uh, attracted to any kind of person in any kind of relationship to learn from to learn about ourselves actually i think and um and so the purpose of a relationship is to grow and to learn so you 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 you're attracted to anyone to give you that whether it's it's your own children or your parents your partners, your friends, or somebody in the street. And so the starting point is how do you feel about that meeting? Or how do you feel about a long-term relationship? How does it make you feel? And then to really look at that and to scrutinize every aspect of your feeling to pinpoint what it is that is happening there. You know, and then when you look at it, you can you can either expose it with the other, if the other is understanding or not, or you can share that. But the insight is really showing you where you're at and how you could, you can move on. Mm. So, so that that's that's for me that that's what a relationship is is about. It's only a way to it's a blessing to internalize where you're at at this moment in time in terms of knowledge, wisdom, feeling, habit, belief, whatever. It's actually it's actually a very profound, and no matter how little the relationship is, uh, it's a very profound uh, compass to let you know where you are and how you want to move forward with everything. And then comes all the little education and the learning about this and this and that, but that's the starting point. Okay. Um, I think if we take a minute to think about how that would apply. Sorry, did you have something to say, James? Oh. Um, I think if we take a minute to think about how does that apply to your personal journey? Um, so, like in in a relationship, like Veronique said, I think there's always there's always a problem, um, or there's always an an opportunity, and it's about 
we hope that a, a relate that um, a problem will go away, and we hope like the the persistent one is that if I just meet the one, all the problems will go away. Um, but it's really about you have to be ready for the one, um, and it's not really a one; it's um, someone who you can get along with, um, and you can grow together with. So if you think about where you would like to be and what do you see is like in terms of your journey now, what do you see stopping you? What do you think would be the thing that would take you to the next step? So if we think about that for a minute, um, so I'll set a minute um, and how that applies in your personal situation. Sorry, could you repeat that again? What, what are you asking us to do? Okay, so if you think about where you are in your relationship journey, what's the biggest problem or opportunity you're facing right now? There's a lot of us here. Um, so I think it might be worth going to breakout rooms to... Um, talk about how is this relevant to you? Like what, what problem or opportunity are you facing right now? Um, that if you had a different perspective, um, okay. So we talked about like the big picture, um, putting everything in context. Now we can talk more specifically. And, uh, if anyone wants to talk about any challenges they face or anything, we can, share perspectives and hopefully help you come to some um, conclusion. Um, I, I was sharing how um, my relationship with Cadbury's chocolate is going really, really well. And um, they, it just stays where it's put. If I put it somewhere, it doesn't run away. It just stays exactly where I've left it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a very stable relationship I've got there. I I find I'm off chocolate at the moment um, because it never lasts. It's, as soon as it's there, it's it's just gone. If you so get a if you get a, if you get a truckload though, it like it's a longer relationship. It's a commitment. I'm I'm committed to Cabra's chocolate. You know. It's not just a fling, but um, I must apologise. I'm going to leave you all with that silly, um, silly uh, whatever I've reflection back, and I've got to go now. So um, I, I wave goodbye to everyone. Bye bye. Thank you. So the chocolate is more enticing than we are. I, absolutely. Yeah, least so much of a good thing is not good is not good in the long run. <laughs> I just live for today, just for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Instant gratification. <laughs> Enjoy your chocolate. But it's not as good as apple crumble, though. Oh. Should we have a quick poll? Who 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 would take Iroll's apple crumble over what was it? Dairy milk, chocolate. 
Who would go for the crumble? Is, is, uh, 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 shall, shall I go and get it from the kitchen then? <laughs> I, I think it's the subliminal, subliminal. I'm sorry, but why you are not? I didn't get my delivery of my Apple crumble. <laughs> you promised to everyone some, so I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I have, I, actually, I did bake it and I was having it just now with ice cream, but uh, I was being quiet. It's in the post. Uh, you'll, have to, you'll have to ask the postman what happened to it. Oh, maybe he ate it. How rude. Yeah, I, I would I would get chocolate. That's why I've given up. Actually, chocolate is one of my obsessions, and I will let you all into a secret. I'm a member of a chocolate club, and I had to cancel, I had to just take off my credit my credit card because once the box arrives, I'm telling you, oh, I would just indulge and I would try my best. After a while, I developed a little bit of a discipline. I'd have two pieces a night, so I was getting better at it. But no, any stress and the box goes. So, I, yeah. Sandra, got a good idea. My sister putting in the freezer the chocolate. So you can't eat it that quickly. You can't eat it that quickly. You need to hold it more in your mouth. It's actually longer, better experience, you know. Feel it, present it. No, know? once you freeze chocolate, it spoils it because all the oils get frozen and it breaks down. You have to appreciate the emulsified cocoa in your mouth. No, 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 no. Sorry. No, no freezing. No, 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 no. <laughs> what you do is you excise the temptation. You get rid of it, which is what I have done. So anything that's not good for you, you get rid of it, including bad boyfriends. <laughs> or bad husbands. Hi, how do, you, how do you decide when the boyfriend is not so good for you anymore? Well, for me, when it no longer gives me pleasure, <laughs> well, Which type well, of pleasure? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, the cerebral pleasure is quite important, and I find that if I my headspace is not um, stimulated, I get bored with people very easily. So, yeah. Same here. Sandra, I think we are related. <laughs> I think we are, actually. <laughs> Is that not like being a sapiosexual? Yes, yeah. the exact word, Betty, you've got it right. Yeah. <laughs> need, need that kind of stimulation for it to go anywhere. I mean, yeah. 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 Sex on its own once in a while, just blast and lust and all the rest of it is wonderful and fabulous, but it can't last beyond that. It's that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's that. <laughs> Rob, you look shocked. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking this is, this is a, a bit um, sexist. So I think some of the men have to... Uh, this is, um, it's all kind of one way, so we, I'm waiting for the men. Yeah. Why do you say it's one way? If, if you if you have a connection with another person, it well, yeah, okay, we're talking. No, you, it was just it was just because it was your example. You said boyfriend and husband, so I was. Ah, okay. But well. I know, I know, I, knowing you, I know it meant both ways. <laughs> yeah right yeah but no seriously though I, th I think we um we're at a stage where we have experienced enough to know what deficiencies we can we can work with in in a relationship because nobody comes fully formed and um as you say we are all growing in a relationship, we are both complementing each other and helping each other to improve and to grow. Mm. Um, but I think there are some things that are deal breakers. And I think that's that's part of like the like being a little bit better and knowing who uh, picking your partners is part of it. A little bit better at that and then a little bit better at interacting with them, a little bit better at connecting with them, all of those parts. Uh, James, just um, thinking about um, the importance of um, living an authentic, an authentic life, and how it's important to live an authentic life. And if you can't do that within a relationship, then maybe it's not meant to be. Mm. It sounds a bit selfish, of course, and maybe it is. But there's always, you can always compromise, of course. And what Jacob was saying is also important, that if you have a life philosophy, if you can somehow separate yourself from that and get another level, which is very, very, very difficult to understand, all of these systems that you develop in your head suddenly become not important anymore. But it's... Uh, there's only probably a very small number of people that have reached that level of of um, love that uh, Jacob's talking about. Mm. And yeah. if you live in the materialist paradigm, and you're you're completely ingrained in that materialist paradigm that we are in 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 the West in particular, it's quite difficult to understand that that next level. And it takes a lot of time. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, like, so we're talking about agapic love, unconditional love. Yeah. Um, whenever they've done research, they've had to actually abandon it because they couldn't find enough people um, who were at that level. Um, I think, to address your point of um, being authentic, I think, in the end, see, I, I believe that when a couple meet, 80% of the relationship is determined, is already set in their, who they are. Um, but the thing is that when we go, when we first meet people, we put on these masks and we put on, like we show our best self. 
Um, and it takes a while to feel comfortable enough to unpeel all that and just to be raw and natural with each other. And it's then that we can work out whether the relationship will work or not. But the showing the best image of yourself and presenting yourself in the best way creates more delay in knowing that because you, you can't sustain a relationship unless you are yourself, because when it comes to being happy, which as you spoke about earlier, being happy is really about being yourself. If you can drop everything that you're not, that everything that you feel through pressure, um, you'll be happy. What stops for us from being happy isn't anything we have to achieve. It's just the ideas that we've been brought up, that we're not good enough, that we have to do this, we should conform to this, we should be better at this. Um, it's just letting go of all of that. Um, and a bit like Sandra said, like you don't have to be perfect. All of this is really a way of dropping what you're not. It, it's not really about you need to learn to be something else, you need to do something else. It's just being comfortable with who you are and dropping everything else. Um, but for most people, that's quite difficult. Uh, most people... Is there, is there such a thing as unconditional love, though? In all honesty, um, in, in the parent, parental, maybe. Um, in, in, ro in romance. Um, I think, to be honest, no, there isn't, because unconditional love would mean someone can lie, cheat, abuse you, beat you, um, and you still love them. Yeah, it's not um, realistic, is it? Um, so I think, yeah, so, so I think it's about, we're all seeking, one of my favourite quotes is Mignon, uh, I can't remember, but Mignon Magnon or something like that. Um, and she said, everyone wants to be loved in the way that no one has been loved. Is that, and I've talked about before, I think that we're looking for that love that when we, when you come out as a baby and your parents are so thrilled with everything that you do, there's that adulation and just like every little smile is greeted with that attention and that love. And I think we're all seeking that again. And yeah, part of the also journey, a, lot, a lot of people, I was just going to point out, a lot of people don't actually get that, but yet we're still on that journey seeking that love. So I think there's something inherent within us where we're seeking that connection, if you like, to the divine or to God, or that's something that's broader or beyond us. So when we're seeking this all-encompassing love that's like the love of the universe, it's not actually seeking a Disney fantasy, although we project it onto somebody else and we want the Disney princess fantasy. What we're seeking is that deep divine connection within ourselves. And a lot of us don't have our parents looking at us with you know kind eyes. A lot of our parents are dysfunctional yeah yeah i i i, I recognize that not everyone has that start but i think anyone by the age of about three or four you're a little shit and you're like can you just leave that alone can you shut up just be quiet so i think we've all if, if we had that we've fallen from that we've fallen from that um so i think this is why connection is more important than relationship because the deeper journey is it's about um, it's about feeling one, I think, one with another. And I like the, the, the idea, the, the tantric idea, 
And the tantric idea is that we feel complete love for someone. And from that, then we love outwardly. And it's a way of, see, I think ultimately the split, the basic conflict is between the reality of truth and like our biology and the artificiality of our society. And I think what we're seeking is to be able to be ourselves um, without feeling that pressure and without feeling that we need to change for someone. Yeah, because I think um, the love we're seeking is not outside of ourselves. It's not another person or a thing. The love we're seeking is, is the divine spark within ourselves, as it were. So when yeah. we're looking for someone else, we're looking for them to reflect that back to us. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, th I think when, when if you're looking like the biggest picture and putting in context and the big journey, it's really our journey and other people help us to see yeah. along that journey. Yeah. Um, so, um, there's something else I was going to say on that, um, but I'll come back to that. There's um, okay. So I think it was Ronnie, or it might have been Janos. Is it me? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at everyone here. So I see men and women. And so when Santa was talking, I suddenly, you know, felt something inside me rising because I do have someone in my head and in my heart that I really want to have a relationship with. So that's got to be tested and experienced. But, you know, ahead of time, I mean, uh, what I desire most in the relationship is to be fully myself and for him to be fully himself. And, uh, and, and I'm just visualizing and living that already before it happens. But the, the thing that I was looking when I was looking at, you know, at all the, 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 the figures and the men obviously come into my space and, and I, I think about the sexuality um, and I think he is quite sexual. And uh, I am just, you know, kind of a little bit worried that um, I may not, you know, fulfill him sexually fully. And then he may want to go to younger, more beautiful, you know. So, I mean, it is affecting me because I do want to co-create. I want to co-create with someone of his caliber, which I know of. And, um, and 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 yeah, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. Do I do I just drop everything if 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 it's not in alignment, you know, I, which I won't do. But then I also don't want to to sacrifice my own authenticity, you know. So it, it's a little bit. Um, I, I will appreciate some man response to this because you know this is why I'm speaking because I'm looking at you, men. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I wouldn't mind saying something there, uh, Barak. Is um, firstly, you've already determined what's going on in this man's mind, and it's nice to visualise. I, I do a lot of meditation and visualising manifestation. But we can desire what we desire, but what is is, and worrying about whether or not you're going to be sufficient or not is only going to stop any possibility from happening. The fact that you feel that you may not be sufficient might be the reason why you won't be, because you're not bringing the fulfillment with you, because you're carrying that lack of, <clears throat> not confidence, but for completeness with you. You know, that fragility is there. Um, 
everybody, it, it's funny because it happens with men and women. We all seem to think we understand what everybody else wants. But quite often, the easiest way is just to ask them. And, and then if you have an open heart and, and there's this truth there, then you can have that dialogue between you. So if you do get together, then you have a discussion about what the experience was like, how it could improve, whether it needs improving, if you need to discuss it. Um, but by putting a barrier up against yourself, comparing yourself to a younger women, then again, that's, that's something that you own. So if you were coming to me, I would be meeting somebody that I can feel immediately isn't confident in who they are because they're comparing against other people. So does that mean that the reflection is every time I look at a younger woman, I'm going to feel as if I'm looking at them for that reason by my partner? Because that might, I might pick up on that. Because you, you might not want to feel like that, but you may feel that way. And these are the subtleties when we're, when we're with each other. And so I think we do a lot of um, speculation, don't we? And sometimes the spontaneousness is, is the joy, really, because we can surprise ourselves. You know, when we, when we do it. And I know previously when, when we were talking about sort of the, the conditioning that we have as children, you know, and, um, and we mentioned about trying to be sort of whole with ourselves as a child. Um, I can relate to that because for me, the sort of the spirit that we've come from was a union of all of us. And now we're separated from everybody else. And now we're trying to be separate. But we're not really separate in my life. You know, in my, the way I see my worldview is we're all connected. And, and I yearn for that connection again, but not necessarily on, on the physical, but just with everybody. And that's the inner connection. Um, but, but relationships one-on-one -on -one are, are challenging, aren't they? You know, because, because we are all so different. And, we, and that journey we had as children has set us up pointing in so many different directions with so many different questions and hang-ups. And, and as you mentioned earlier on, Rob, you know, that certain parts of society told it, you know, they can't be like this, you must be another way or there's something wrong with you and things like that. But how can you be authentic in the world that really wants to crush authenticity? You know, um, the stereotypes, the shops are all the same now. You go into the shops and every shopping centre in the country looks the same. You know, there's no authenticity there. Um, the religions, are, there's no authenticity in religion for me personally, because you've got very strict dogmatic narratives running through all of them. And they all say that this is the right way. They obviously can't all be maybe wrong. I don't know. But um, yeah, so it, it is difficult to be yourself. Um, and I think sometimes when you are yourself, you can be picked on. And then that's when it hurts. I think that's the brave part then, is kind of saying, well, yeah, this is me. So for, for yourself, if you feel that you, you may lack um, maybe that stimulation or, or that confidence, that's good that you, that you recognise that that's how you feel about that. You know? But it shouldn't stop you from, from saying, OK, I recognise that that's how, how it is for me at the moment. But how do I get over that and move past that? rather than it holding you back. Um, and that's what happens in school, isn't it? Whenever we play up in school, we're in a, we're in a classroom in school, <clears throat> the spotlight goes on you and you 
get some bully in the class say something derogatory towards you and then you just back down and you stop being yourself again <laughs> because of fear of others. Um, and it's, it's, that kind of like permeates right through through life, I find. I find it very difficult to be, to be honest all the time uh, because sometimes being honest all the time can hurt other people. But, you know, sometimes that happens. <laughs> So if you do meet him and he says, you know what, I prefer somebody that's younger and it's not, then we just have to accept that that's the way it is. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be that way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's about it really. So, okay. Thank you. Um, I, there's one other, one other thing I'd like to add, Veronique, is that what you talked about really there's this dynamic in new, in human nature that as soon as we want something that like brings in a fear of not getting it and immediately we feel a desire we also feel a fear that oh i'm not good enough for that or i'm not you know or someone's better or whatever um and really just to reiterate what what robert said is that really it's about the whether it's going to work or it's not going to work is the truth is already set. And our work is really just to get to that truth as quick as it, it can, because whether a relationship works or it doesn't work, um, whether someone's interested or not, not interested, um, it's not about what you say and it's not about what you do. That's going to change that. It's just get to the root of what's the truth of it. And the quicker that you can get to that, the less friction that there is and the quicker that you can move through your journey. It's when we we hide from that or we want to... And this really um, speaks to something that Sandra said. It's like we don't have to be perfect because this whole striving, there's a trap that, of feeling that if you need to be perfect at everything and if you're perfect at everything, it will work out with this person. Um, and that's not the case. So it's the quicker you can get to the truth, the better. I don't know if any other any of the other men have any words for Veronique. Is that Janus? Uh, so basically, I would like to add for that. We don't need to be worried. We all worried, but when we do actually putting that state in our mind we actually we start to be putting the person in higher bracket than ourselves. So we're making that person feel we're not good enough for them. So like when you're scaling the, like we're doing men's for the women's, you know, one to 10 or something. So they're saying we are not in our league. There is no such of these things. You actually make them to feel like that. Opposite, women do the same as well. If they feel will find out something what, you know, I'm crazy. Guess what? Everybody are fucking crazy in a way. And that's what we love. That's what make unique. And you don't need to be compete. Soon as when you can actually show that craziness in yourself, when you're proud on that, to be unique, be yourself, be sure who you are and don't be afraid. Guess what? If don't like it, never been yours. What's the point of waste of time? And guess what? Wasting time, it's actually just 
we want to do too many things and we ending up procrastinating and we ending up doing nothing. So we're wasting our half of lifetime because we're thinking too much. 47% of our times we daydreaming, as David Goleman said. It's just such a waste our life because we think about what others are thinking about us. Guess what? Just do it. Enjoy it. Be present. Be yourself. And if they want it, they can take it. If it's not, fuck off. It's not yours. And that's it. This no. is how you are daydreaming. You are daydreaming about what others think about you. I don't give a damn about what <laughs> others are thinking. Look, I like to put myself sometimes in the situation where others are laughing on me. And guess what? It's great. If finally I can make them laugh, that's great. Even if I'm making myself for a second foolish, you know, I don't give a damn about what they think about me because I know who I am. And that will be only two minutes while they thinking I'm foolish. The rest of the times, no. And you know, everybody wants to be normal. Do you think it's normal good? Because you're self-limiting yourself. You are in the bloody box. And you feel like uh, uh, hitting the wall every single time. You will be Mr. Bean after. So it's not good. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Veronica. I don't think you're crazy, um, Janos. I just think you're funny. And you, you see? And I, I would be just as crazy as you. So we can be crazy together because I like that kind of humor. I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah, exactly. You know, have fun. It's it's interesting, um, but there's something about having the confidence to be vulnerable, the confidence to be yourself, that changes the way people um, treat you. I, I can remember I, I used to work in a school, and um, there, there was these group of lads and they, they were proper lads, you know, football and um, all of this stuff. And like, it, it would be like anyone was doing anything, oh, that guy, or oh, don't be a perf, all this kind of stuff. And then there was this kid um, who was, he was like, he was singing all the time and he was like a performing arts and he was really out there. And I thought, right, the, the, right, these lads are going to just take the mic and, and bully him and that. And they weren't. They were joining in. And I was really surprised at how they cope with it. And it was just, he was just so content, happy with himself, that they just, they kind of looked up to it. And these boys that would normally be all so macho and that were all, like, looking up to him and joining in and singing with him. Um, and... Yeah, it sort of taught me that there's something, it's not what you do, but it's the energy which you bring to it. Um, and that changes how people treat you. There's something in, if you come with trepidation and you come with like hedging, looking for a response, uh, it changes how people react to you. Sometimes what you do um, actually helps to bring people out of their shells and out of 
the normal um, codes of behavior that they live by. And um, it's not a bad thing um, in, in most res respects because if you're not being ridiculed, you're not being laughed at, you're not being seen as uh, deranged or other or some strange, you know, uh, because the question is, what is normal and what is normal behavior? Mm. Okay. And um, we need to be willing to accept ourselves and to display ourselves um, and get and you know people will accept us if it's genuine it's and it's you and you um do not show any sense of embarrassment about your your gifts let's call them your gifts whatever you are okay i know that if i start laughing if you give me a joke here now and i start laughing you're going to say oh she's crazy because i will laugh until i cry if it's really funny and you say what's wrong with her but that's just that's just me. Is she grain crazy? No, I'm not. Um, but people looking on will think, oh, she's she's just mad. And, and I use that as an example to say that we react to different things in different ways. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it is um that it is it's it's not good and it is crazy or it's unusual. And I think we need to also be willing to look at people and see why they behave the way they do rather than just being judgmental. We, we, we like to label before actually appreciating why something is occurring or why a person does something the way they do it. And if we give them that slack, maybe we can find that there's a, a gem hidden behind that, that facade or that what we think of as strange behavior. Mm. Where do you find you start though, Sandra? Because I, I guess if you've always been quite a confident person, it's maybe a bit easier to just show everybody your quirks. But I guess in my situation, I, I don't, I'd really struggle to, to do anything like that, even though I'd want to, like in certain situations, I love to be silly and I could do it at home, but like at work, for instance, I'd always take the back seat and not really get involved because I'd be too, too scared of what other people thought. Sounds like you need a silly friend too. <laughs> <laughs> you need a partner in crime. <laughs> yeah, that might help. When we quite often, we want to screw the screw without screwdriver. We need to first find your screwdriver in order to screw the screw. You need to know your no own knowledge in order to be know how what is drive you, to how drive yourself. You need to know your own emotion, your yeah. own instinct. If you know that, wow, it just happens. It's turning on the whole world and yourself as well. So how do you find that? Just be yourself, listen your inner GPS. I call it inner GPS. You can call it whatever you love. You know, heart. Look at all the pictures, what you go back in the centuries. Everybody all the time doing here. Because we're so busy in our head. We're just so busy to doing 100 things daily. Base. We want to be productive. Guess what? Like Rob said, do one little, two little things, three little things. 
and you do consistently every single day with a compound effect in a couple of years, you will have better results. Think about that, Cara. You can choose having 1 million pounds today or have one penny compound effect. Which one would you choose for 30 days? I'd probably choose the 1 million pounds straight away. Why? Me too. <laughs> because it's the easy option. Exactly. Everybody wants the easy. Guess what? The real person not going for easy because that's somebody else giving for it and you never work for it and you easy losing as well. Yeah. That compound effect, it's actually a behavior because what's happening, you actually can make in 30 days 10 million pounds and after that's growing more. With 1 million pounds, what you will start to do? Andy, thank you. Goodbye. So that's not a behavior. That's actually you still as the buyer rather than a creator. You need to be a creator. One thing I think we need to um, think of all the time, well, I do a lot sometimes, is um, if I'm in the company of people who constrain me in several ways, then I am not being true to myself. They are not allowing me to be me mm. and therefore I'm cheating myself. And I, it, that's not doing me any good because if I'm constraining my behavior, then it means that uh, apart from making myself smaller, I'm also not able to grow anymore. I can't, I can't grow further because I'm being put into a smaller box than I normally would occupy. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we feel that we need to be with certain types of people or certain groups of people for whatever reason. And it is that association that actually helps to cement certain behaviors in ourselves because it that's how we have to behave within that group. And if we release ourselves from those circumstances, we may find that things that we think about ourselves are not, well, have come to accept about ourselves. They really don't apply because we can become who we really are. We can show who we are. Because I've seen people, and I know it has happened to me where I go from one, a familiar set of circumstances and I go to a strange place and I do things differently and I am behaving slightly differently than where I was before because I was expected to be in a certain mold whereas I'm starting brand new. Mm. Nobody has criticized me for doing something in a different way or what have you, blah, 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 that kind of thing. I remember when I was at um, at university in, 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 in the United States, everybody used to, um, I used to be called Southpaw, you know, because I'm left-handed. And it was a kind of a, oh, you're cock-handed, you're the Southpaw. Oh, Betty, you don't know that because you're left-handed. And I had to be defending, defending my right to be left-handed, which is, Nothing as 
that was an unknown experience to me because nobody, and that wasn't a part of me that was up for discussion or making me feel less than or anything in the past. And once I left, that that nobody has, has ever done that to me again. I've never lived anywhere where that has been, become an issue. So I think where you are and the people who you are can influence how much growth you you allow yourself. Um, Arul? Yes, sorry. Yeah, what, what I was going to say was, um, I think we we're kind of talking about how someone becomes more confident or <clears throat> comfortable in themselves. And I think that comes back to confidence in the sense that uh, you are not, for example, taking on what Sandra was just saying about left hand, right hand. Um, and this is a bit like uh, if, if, you, if you're walking down the street and someone that you've never seen before Clearly looks look, looks like a looks like an idiot. Turns around and says to you that you are an idiot. Chances are you're going to look at them and think, well, actually you don't know what you're talking about, and you'll move on and you'll go, what a what a disrespectful person. Um, if on the other hand, somebody whose opinions matter call you an idiot, then that really hurts emotionally. And I suppose what I'm trying to say is that it isn't what happens to us or what others think of our behaviors that matters, but it is the importance that we attach to them. So if you feel that others must be accepting of you, then you will behave in a particular way that you feel will make you acceptable to them. And that then can prevent you from being yourself because now you are behave, you are trying to second guess what they want, and you are trying to behave in that way. Um, I think the real confidence comes when you can say, "Well, actually, I am okay as an as an individual, and therefore I'm going to behave the way I am." If if they cannot see that then that, that potentially is their problem. I say potentially, because if you do have a problem, you then have the ability to self-reflect, see it, and fix it. So, uh, so everybody is working progress, nobody is perfect, but they have the confidence to know that, actually, I'm kind of okay, I've got my faults, some I know, some I don't know. And uh, that will not inhibit me from behaving the way I am. I'm working on my faults. And if I suddenly realize that I am behaving, let's say I behave very disrespectfully here, um, and I suddenly realized, okay, then I will have to apologize for my indiscretion. And if everybody is... Uh, you know, uh, shall we say, a normal person, they will kind of be accepting of it. Unless, of course, I'm being indiscreet all the time, in which case they kind of go, you know what, you're just not learning, go away. But 
assuming that you really want to make amends and you apologize, people accept it, you learn from your mistakes and you move on. So it is okay to make mistakes. In fact, you have to make mistakes in life. You cannot go through life without making mistakes, without making that embarrassing moment. You will fail in life. It's like you have to, because you don't learn anything if you don't fail, if you don't make mistakes. And so um, sometimes some lessons are more painful than others, but that's the way we learn. And so I suppose what I'm saying is that the important thing is to have, or at least be able to self-reflect on your own behavior and try and see yourself not in a judgmental way, but in a balanced way. You know, was I okay? Was I not okay? But also accepting that you will have faults and that's okay. And if you want to behave silly outside among other people, behave silly. But obviously there are certain social norms, certain things that are acceptable. Um, and you will have to behave within those parameters, of course. You can't go around and set somebody alight because you think it's funny to watch them run. But, you know, they can't be that silly. But then within those parameters, it's okay. And if you do step over the line and you upset somebody, then you apologize. And so long as you are genuine about it, then chances are they will be okay. And so if you do get this idiot down the street that calls you an idiot, you will say, well, that's fine. You can call me anything you want, but that doesn't make me an idiot just because you called me that. I, I know that I'm not one. And you can just carry on. And therefore, stop, I suppose, placing undue importance on others' opinions. And perhaps that is what prevents you from being naturally yourself, that you give other people's opinions more credibility than they deserve. And that automatically gives them the power over you because if they do not approve of your behavior, you feel compelled to change your behavior. So now you are doing what they want you to do. It's almost like they're pulling these strings because, well, that wasn't very nice of you. And you think, oh my God, I must behave differently because it wasn't nice of me. Why? Because he said it wasn't nice of me. Well, what makes him such a great judge? You know, so you have to be able to look at yourself and say, well, actually, does it have a point? If it doesn't have a point, then why do you think that? So when you have confidence in yourself and someone says you're an idiot, you'll think, why does he think that? You know, is, is it the color of my clothes? Maybe not. Okay, I don't see anything wrong. You carry on. So it doesn't affect you. You may do a self-check but it doesn't affect you. You do not go into some sort of I must fix it mode. I don't know, am I making sense or am I kind of sounding confused? Uh, it, it makes sense. <laughs> so I try to answer a number of questions all at the same time. So. Um, right, I, I, I've got a, a different perspective. Um, Nicole, is, is yours in relation to this point? I can wait, let's go. Okay. Well, just, um, I, I think from experience as an introvert, um, so when I was in school, I was the loudest kid. I was the kid like who I just joked in class and, um, 
So when I went to high school, I was in the top set. And then because I messed about and disrupted the class, I was put to the bottom set. And every night for a year, I had detention. Um, and I realised I didn't really like the kids in my class. And I thought, well, what am I doing entertaining everyone? Um, and so I just shut up and I didn't speak out. Um, so then I went to college and then it was hard to speak out. Um, and I went for jobs and it became a habit. And I'm someone like at times I isolate and, and I get lost in my thoughts and I'm um, like her, hermit-like. Um, and so then when you come out, it's difficult. To, um, and I think that's what anxiety is. It's a lot of it is a habit and it's hard to change because you're in, there's like a rut. I don't know if this feels true for you, but there's kind of a rut and you it then become scary to step out of that rut because it's different. So I think really, like Yannel said, do, do like a 30 day, like pick a tiny thing that you can do because if you speak up once, it becomes easier. Um, but every moment is a choice. And there's like, you've got something to say. I'm sure you felt this, that there's been times where you've got something to say, but you don't want to say it because it puts you out there. Um, and if you say it, or if you say one little thing, um, and I think anxiety is this thing, right? there's this like fire. And the closer we get to it, the hotter it gets. But if we go through it, it disappears. But what happens for a lot of people is we get and we feel the heat and then we shrink back. And so then the fire gets bigger. And so it's less that we have to go before we feel that heat. Mm. So I think some of it is a habit. And what that creates is this so much stress in maintaining where things are. And so something that's helped me is realizing that no one's really listening to you. No one really cares. Um, and everyone is so full of their own life, they won't even remember. Um, and then the other thing is in public speaking, um, I remember um, fixed nervous service. When you're scared, it's because you're focused on yourself. When, you're, when you let go of that and you focus on other people, like there's things that you can say, there's things that you can share that will be of use to them. And if you focus on them, you, you forget about yourself and then that um, self-consciousness goes. Um, Nicole. Yeah, I was just going to say about owning your crazy, really, as in everyone has their crazy. Um, I watched a YouTube video from the School of Life on this. It was saying about in relationships, when we first get together with someone, we tend to hide our crazy side. Um, and then over time, <laughs> we both sort of reveal it slowly. Um, and then it scares the shit out of each other because we didn't quite realise. But um, yeah, just basically knowing you're crazy, owning it and putting it forth straight away and saying, this is who I am. And if you both do that, then you can both work out if you can work with that or not. Um, and feel more confident in your authentic self, really. And and if you, if you're not comfortable straight away, then it's just one bit 
like one, what's the smallest bit, what's the smallest step, what's the smallest bit of yourself you could show um, and then like build from that. Janos? Yeah, basically when you say this story, it's remind me when I was a child as well, what kind of uh, behavior they had the children. They didn't want it around me to do that. They just didn't know. I born in Romania. And on Romania, they say, you are fucking Hungarian, go home. When I, my family chose to move to Hungary, we went to a small village where it's 2000 people living. And you know how it's the villages. They don't really like the foraging people. Even inside, I was Hungarian. And my grandfather was fighting for the Hungarian country. So the children, how they behave on those times. They knew it I coming from Romania, so they say you are a fucking yeti. Straight away as nine years old, I had to go through about this discrimination. They came behind me, they start checking behind my ears. Oh, you're not taking shower and all this kind of behavior. And not talking about I was one month just in a school when they pushed me, I hit my head in the bench, and it's opened my head in the back. And guess what? You know, nobody really care about that after anymore. And the time I was that much anxious, I couldn't even protect myself. My sister have to come, came over and she protect me. But all that make me who I am today, give me that strength and be proud who I am today. And to be not afraid to show for everybody just because they was like that. This doesn't mean I will let to do anybody this in the future. I will stand up to not happen this for anybody in the future because that's make who I am. And I believe everybody should stand up if they see in the street they're kicking somebody and say, fuck off, don't do that for others because they are human beings. You not supposed to do that. Yeah. Well said. Mm. I think... Um that seems like a, a powerful way to end tonight. Thank you, everyone, for coming along and for sharing your perspectives. Um, as we're closing, um, so what, really what this is about is, is about sharing different perspectives, different stories, um, because each of us, we, we see the world with different lenses. And as Janos has just shared, when you can see the lens through someone else's lens, we enrich our world. And when we stay quiet, it's when we're not giving someone the gift of seeing through our lens. Because together, we're all stronger then we are alone. We're all smarter. We all, none of us have the, the, the truth, but all of us have a part of the truth. And it's about how can we share that? And how can we see that from other people? So does anyone want to share anything, any perspective or insight or feeling that they got from tonight? that I'm bloody fabulous in my imperfection. Yeah. One more thing, Rob, about anxiety. What recently I realized, anxiety, as you said, it's a habit, or we can use the other name, it's a program. 
it's about controlling the future. Guess what? None of us can control that. So we have to stop about that thinking because that's waste of time, energy. Don't do that. You can't control sometimes your own thoughts. So how you want to control the future and other people, behavior, minds? Just be yourself. They will change. Which really goes back to, like on that graph of, of what makes a good relationship is about a relationship of freedom. A bad relationship is a relationship of control. Um, and in the same way, if we look at our problems, they're really where we are trying to control life as opposed to experience life. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, look forward to seeing you next week, if you can make it. Um, see you then. Have a good week. Cheers. Bye, everyone. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.